0: all right what is going on everybody welcome back to another day of saber sims dfs office hours it is wednesday january 25th of 2023 here got a 10 game nba slate tonight i know golf teed off earlier this morning for those of you playing the golf main slate and the round one showdown good luck to you all Also have a five game hockey slate should be a fun day of DFS. Uh, Always fun when golf tees off, get that all day sweat going on. But for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at Sabersim. This is a show where we go over how to use the Sabersim app, answer any and all DFS related questions that come in in the office hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not joined up in our Discord, there is a link in the description below to get joined up. Highly recommend it as always. A lot of good conversations happening over there each and every day. If you're just tuning in and have questions, you can throw them in the live YouTube chat. We will get to all the questions before the end of the show. I see a question here from Benny Hannes at our RPS members in your Discord. Uh, yes, you should be able to uh, join both the sabersim discord and the run pure sports discord also in the run pure sports discord there is a Saber sim channel so if you are a run pure member subscriber and have questions about using sabersim uh about uh how sabersim works you can throw them in the sabersim uh channel we do a joint stream with run pure i believe we do uh usually wednesdays now for golf it used to be thursdays i'm not sure exactly what the content schedule is you can check that out on the run pure website, but we always do at least one joint show a week ahead of, uh, different sports talk about, you know, football, basketball, golf, whatever, whatever, uh, sport actions are going on. So I know it changes with the changing of the seasons, but be on the lookout for that. Uh, no reason, uh, for, for run pure members, not to be able to join the Saberson discord, but that being said, going to get Saberson pulled up here, had two questions, that came in via support that really got uh, the team talking internally. Usually uh, the entire team has some um, ability to, to view these questions that come in from support. And so got the conversation started internally. So, so uh, happy to touch on these here. First question was for MBA, there is a $2 150 max and I can't max that out. Is it better to put like 40, entries into that or max out the $4.20 max? This is a good question. Uh, Was definitely going back and forth with it internally. I think, you know, the the main conclusion that we came to here is that you should always play the contest uh, in this case, the $4.20 max first, because you can max it. It is a good contest with a a high number of entrants and, you know, you're going to have just as many entries as other players are also there are a lot of 150 maxers even at the low stakes who are taking up a lot of equity in that $2 150 max contest. For the most part, that contest is usually around like 5,000 entrants. You know, if if you were to do the math and just take uh, 5,000 and divide that by 150, only takes about 3,350 maxers to fill that up. So a lot of that uh, contest uh, sizing is going to be taken up by low stakes grinders, that people that are maxing all of the low stakes stuff. I can guarantee you there are at least 30 of them out there probably doing that on a night to night basis. So although it is below the $3 threshold, um, the ability for 150 maxers to soak up a lot of that contest size is uh, still really available to them. And, and it's likely to be a sharp contest. We think the $4.20 max is a really good contest. If you guys want to uh, kind of galaxy brain this a little bit, usually DraftKings will open a second $4.20 max if the first one is, you know, going to fill early in the day. Uh, they'll open a second one. Usually that second $4.20 max is below the 25 k prize pool threshold. So the reason I bring that up is because um, there are, you know, uh, rules where, you know, not only can the player's, who have you know a lifetime earnings of of a very large amount? Not play contests under three dollars. They also cannot play contests under five dollars where the prize pool is twenty five thousand or less. So, if a four dollar twenty max opens up for a second time and the prize pool is twenty thousand, guess what? Like all the sharks cannot play that contest, right? So that is an even better version of the $4 20 max. So I, I, if you're interested, you know, in playing the $4 20 max, I would, uh, maybe not enter it so early in the day, maybe keep your eye on it. Watch out for, you know, if the contest is filling, if another one is opening up, um, you know, maybe like lunchtime as, as lock gets closer, you know, keep your eyes open. We always want to play the best contest, uh, in the form of where we could find the worst competition, right? We talk, we've, said this before, you know, if you're the 10th best poker player in the world and you are sitting at the table with the other nine best players, guess what? You are now the worst player at the table. So we always want to put ourselves into contests, into situations where we have an edge over our opponents. That's why it is so important to um, play as much of these contests where the sharks and the sharps cannot live and not play. So really good question there. And that was followed up by a second question about the DFS profit plan. And this second question here says, with the DFS profit plan, would you want to be looking into turbo and showdown slates after maxing out all main slate $3 or low lower contest before jumping up stakes? Uh, before we answer this guys um, or anybody watching here, if you guys have questions, now is a great time to get them in the chat. Throw them in the office hours channel Discord in Discord, throw them in the live YouTube chat. I have this question, I have one question in the Discord, and then we will see where we go from there. But if anybody like Benny Hanna said, you know, look for to today, I have questions. Now is a great time to get them in. So just wanted to let you guys know that before I answer this one. So, all right, getting back to this. You know, questions basically saying, Hey, you know, I'm playing the main slate, I am filling up all of the contests under three dollars. You know, should I, um, now that I've filled up all of those contests, I still have extra bankroll. Should I move, you know, up in stakes and, and, and start playing some $4 stuff, some $5 stuff? Um, or should I uh, expand outward and play, you know, some turbos, some showdowns, uh, some night slates, right? So so my my advice on this, this one really got the team talking here. So I will say that, you know, if you are somebody who is comfortable, you know, being around for all these slates, uh, I think I think that's probably the hardest part, right? As you start to uh, increase the number of slates you're playing as opposed to the number of contests, that becomes a lot more to juggle, right? I have the slates pulled up here. There are seven different slates tonight. There are four showdown slates. There are three uh, classic slates just on DraftKings alone. Let's say, you know, you, you play the main and then you're playing this um, Indy Orlando showdown right at lock. That's two lock times that you have to hit, right? And then let's say that um, you're going to play the turbos uh, and you're going to play the showdowns, right? So there's a there's a 8 p.m. Eastern turbo and then there's an 8 p.m. Eastern uh, showdown slate. So then that's two more slates you have to build. But what if there's a late swap, right? Now you have to do a late swap. For your 7 p.m. classic slate. So that's three slates you have to juggle, right? So, so I would, if, if you're interested in going down this route, I would do it slowly. I would start to add one slate at a time, you know, add a classic slate or, or maybe even start with a showdown because at least once the showdowns start, you are not going to have to late swap for them, right? Uh, you're not going to have to come back to them again. So I, I, I would not go from one slate to seven. I would instead, uh, increase the number of slates slowly, but I do think that is the right direction to go is to go, um, you know, to more slates under $3, as opposed to, uh, going up in stakes, another suggestion, uh, suggestion that came from, uh, someone on the team, Jordan specifically said, you know, if if you want to keep that number of slates, smaller, but still get a lot of action down. You know, if you go into the contest lobbies, you look at these turbos, you look at these night slates, there's usually like a good 25 cent, 20 max, a good $1, 20 max, maybe some satellites under $3, maybe a single entry, but that's about it. Right? So, so you're going to get maybe like, um, I don't know, less than $50 of, of good action per slate. Right? So you can kind of, you kind of make that calculation before kind of determining what to play or second option is go play the main slate on another site, right? Maybe you're like, you know what, I don't want to play seven slates. I don't blame you. Uh try playing the main slate on both DraftKings and FanDuel, right? You can get a lot of action down on these main slates. You can get or I could say I should say you can get more action down on a main slate than usually like a Turbo night slate or showdown. So play try playing the main slate on DraftKings and then try playing the main slate on FanDuel. It's only going to be two slates. It is going to be two sites. So, you know, that's part of the trade-off. But uh, I I really don't think there's a right answer here as to, you know, um, what the right combination is. But I do think the right answer is to expand outward and play more action under $3 before moving up in stakes, regardless of whether that's the showdowns, the turbos, one site, two sites, uh, both sites, all slates, whatever it is, right? Uh, Do that first. Uh, Be, you know, one of the better players at the table Do not put yourself in a situation where you are the worst player at the table now. So that is my advice. Uh, Was a really good question. Uh, A lot of back and forth between the team here. Interested in if anybody has any thoughts on that. And uh, we are going to keep it rolling here. So had one question here from Elder in the Office Hours channel. And going to get this in the chat here. Elder said, is there any value in reviewing past NBA slates with the builder? If so, what would you recommend one look at and analyze? Okay, this is a good question. Um, I would say that this is probably particularly important for anybody doing any extra research, right? If if anybody saw the video that Jordan and I did uh, like a week or two ago in regards to NBA research, it's over here on the YouTube channel. You could find it under playlists, under how to beat NBA DFS, and upgrade your NBA DFS process with this NBA research strategy. I feel like, you know, this, this uh, video has a good amount of views. I feel like people tuning into this show have probably seen it. So going to act like you guys have, you know, if you are, if you are um, approaching an NBA slate and having takes and trying to find uh, value spots and and doing some different things um, I would really write those down. You know, if, if you are going to go to the Lakers here and you're going to say you know what anthony davis is only projected for for 23 minutes um i i get that it's his first game back but i really think he's going to play closer to 30 minutes uh for for whatever reason right i'm sure he's going to be on a minutes limit today but but let's just use that as a simple take here uh if you make that take you know i would write that down and then tomorrow you know i would come back and i would come in the app or or you know check out the slate on ESPN basketball reference whatever you want to use to to look at the to look back at the slate and see how many minutes he actually played and do that do that over and over again and and see if the takes that you are making are right maybe you think that uh Rui Hachimura's fantasy points per minute is going to be higher on the Lakers than it was with the Wizards uh different team different environment you know this, this is a this is a strange situation. Not really sure how he's going to play, right? Th- these are one of those situations that we would want to look into and, and see if we could find something that's going to help us figure out, you know, what kind of role he's going to have on the team. Might be really hard to figure out, but you can, you can do some research. Maybe you think he's closer to one fantasy point per minute. And you're like, you know what? I think that he is a lot closer to one fantasy point per minute uh, than whatever uh, this value is. Looks like about 0.8. Uh, fantasy points per minute and then tomorrow come back you know we're gonna load in the actual scores right if you go back to like yesterday's nba slate you could come into the slate and you could see how many actual points somebody got so like lebron got 77 yesterday right Mm -hmm. uh so you'll be able to check that in the app you get and then and then these minutes are his projected minutes we're not pulling in actual minutes but from from saber sam you can get the fantasy points And then on, like, basketball reference, you can get the actual minutes and then see what Rui Hachimura did. Like, did he play, you know, um, how many minutes did did he play? Did you care care to change that, right? Like, let's say maybe he gets – where do we have him here? Hachimura, you know, we have him – maybe he comes in at uh, 27 fantasy points. Did he play 27 minutes? Like, did you make that adjustment? You know, how many minutes did he play? How many points did he score – and, and track those things. I don't really think it's worth coming into the app and trying to figure out, you know, what you needed to do to, to build the optimal winning lineup and, and how to do that again. Um, I, I really think it's more important to say, you know, are the things that I'm doing, uh, hurting or helping my lineup EV, you know, if, if you are doing things and and you are wrong night in, night out, Maybe it's time to rethink that research process. Maybe it's time to take your hands off a little bit and let SaberSim uh, steer the car a little more on autopilot. And, you know, that, that might be like more EV for your items, right? I, I think that it's important to understand that, um, you know, at the end of the day, all you want to do is whatever is best for your expected value uh, to to increase your your uh, return on a night-to-night basis, right? Sometimes that's doing less. Uh sometimes that's not playing, right? Sometimes they're like, uh maybe you have a bad day at work and and you're just like not in the mindset. The best thing you could probably do is not play that night. That is gonna be the best thing for your expected value, right? So there are definitely uh situations where less is more. And I would encourage you guys to to kind of think about that and chew on that and and track your takes and see what um how they are doing over time, right? But those are my thoughts. Elder. let me know if you have any follow-up. Happy to talk about it some more. All right. Jumping over to YouTube chat here. Have a question from Benny Hanna. Said, I'm trying to increase the volatility in my lineups in Saberson Aside from increasing the number of uniques, what else can I do? Sometimes I can't get high enough lineups. Okay. So, so Benny Hanna, I will say that um, if you're trying to increase the volatility of your lineups, Increasing the number of min uniques is probably the wrong thing to do, but I would say that, um, where I would start, you know, if you are somebody who is trying to optimize for higher upside lineups, I would probably start with two things. The first thing I would do would be to increase my sim diversity. What this is going to do is the higher sim diversity is the smaller the buckets of SIMs we are going to take from the SIM database to build your lineups. The more SIMs we use, the closer the player's projection from those set of SIMs gets to their average, right? Uh, You know, the law of large numbers is, is, is the more times you do something, the closer it is going to get to the, to the uh, mathematical probability, right? So, so if, if, we, the more and more sims we take, maybe like okay, let's do an example. Maybe we take uh, a set of sims, we take 10 sims, and in those 10 sims, uh, Xavier Tillman here, just because I could say his name easier, Xavier Tillman here, uh, scores an average of 30 points, right? And then let's say we lower sim diversity, and then now we're taking 50 sims. Now he gets 25, and and the more and more sims we take, the m- closer he is going to get to his average projection, right? So if if you want to, like, build your lineups based on these higher upside, uh, less likely outcomes, I would start by increasing sim diversity, okay? So then, you know, increase this to eight, uh, nine, whatever you want. Um, you know, give it a couple tick boosts. And then, you know, maybe build some lineups and see how they look, right? So, we're going to build some lineups here on Sim Diversity 9 And then we are going to see what they look like. So, let's let these lineups run. The second suggestion that I had is in the post build. So, this uh, works out perfectly. Just kind of roll right into it here. Going to make two projection adjustments so I can see these lineups. Okay. Secondly here, what I want to do is... I want to change the lineup sorting method. I am going to use a percentile and for the sake of this example I'm going to use 99th. What this means if you're not familiar with it is that if we were to take this lineup, this number one ranked lineup here across our entire SIM database, SIM database, this lineup scores this 340.4 points 1% of the time that is the lineup's 99th percentile and then if you hover over the percentiles you can see the score at the other percentile so it's saying that this lineup scores 320 points 5% of the time and so on and so forth right Uh, if you are trying to maximize high upside outcomes I would sort by 99th percentile these events occur less often but when they do occur you know, this is the lineup that is supposed in, in the Sims scores the highest, right? So if we were to take, you know, the top 1% outcome of every single lineup in your pool, this is the one that scores the highest. And it sounds like that's what you're kind of trying to optimize for. When you start increasing min uniques, you are trying to smooth out the diversity. You're trying to make your lineup set more diverse. So when one lineup, does good it has less of an effect on all the other lineups if but 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 by doing that you are sacrificing you know whatever sorting method you are using so so in this case we would have to sacrifice 99th percentile to get more diverse that is a trade-off that um we feel is is frankly worth it most of the time for for most users it doesn't sound like that's the case with you. you 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 really want to maximize these high upside outcomes you know i hope you are balancing that by playing a lower percent of your bank roll. if not i would suggest that but but if if you are just like all in on high upside outcomes i would leave the mini uniques at one because as we start to increase this and we can see this here we scroll down to the bottom we have 20 lineups i'm going to increase mini uniques to two okay so now what happened is if i scroll back up here this mini unique threshold of two caused me to skip lineup rank 10 skip lineup rank 11 skip lineup rank 19 and 23 here you are sacrificing you know that percentile outcome to get more diverse but that is a trade off that you should consciously make for, for, like I said, for most users. I think that's fine. You know, in regards to this specific question, I would leave min uniques at one. And, you know, so, so a combination of increasing sim diversity, sorting by the highest percentile, leaving min uniques at one, it is going to make your lineup portfolio very risky. And, you know, you might have some really uh, negative ROI nights, but you, you, that gives you the ability to like, uh, when you are right, when this set is right, you know, when McConnell and Denny here uh, really pop off and they're in 100% of your lineup portfolio, uh, that gives you a better chance of like having a really good night, right? So there are definitely trade offs there. This is a much riskier strategy, but if you wanted to play this way, these are the steps that I would suggest following. So, Benny Hanna, let me know if you have any follow up there. All right. Uh, Danny said, can you explain what 99th percentile means and how does it differ from highest projected score? Danny, my man, we just answered that. So I hope you were listening. Uh, that I just kind of explained how all the percentiles work. So if you missed it, just remind a little bit, but we just went over that. So glad I was able to answer your question there. All right. Patrick said, does Saber Sim have the, uh, Benny Hanna said, thank you. Hey, happy to help. Any more questions you have, just shoot them my way. Patrick said, does Sabersim have the capability to create a lineup rule that builds lineups based on based off ideal position requirements? A lineup that a lineup rule that created lineups containing four point guards and three centers. Okay. So you want to make sure that. Well, okay. Well, frankly, I don't think you could do that because there's you get uh, one point guard, right? You could use the point guard in the guard spot, so that's two point guards. Unless they have, unless there's like you know a point guard slash shooting guard, maybe you can get three, um, and then you have a forward spot. So, so I d- I don't know how exactly how you would get four point guards and I also do not know how you would get three centers unless we're talking about okay uh Patrick said for for FanDuel. Okay, so let's hop over to FanDuel. Um let's talk about it here. Maybe this'll make our lives a little easier here. So we're just going to run a build here and then uh we are going to talk about this in the post build. So this'll this'll make it a little easier for us here. So let these lineups run um four point guards in three centers so patrick you know it sounds like you're tuning in live um my understanding of how fanduel works is that you know there are nine positions right you have two point guards two shooting guards two small forwards two power forwards and one center so if you are you it sounds like you're saying you want to use three players that have center eligibility so you want like two guys that are power forward slash center and then one center in your spot. Let me know if that's correct. That's the assumption I'm going to base this off of. Um, Okay. Yeah. So Patrick's saying D'Angelo Russell is a true point guard, but could play at the shooting guard slot. Yeah. So, so the way I would do this is interesting. Um, Let me think about it. So what you could do is you could sort by position and get rid of anybody who does not have point guard eligibility in the slots that you want. So, like, you know, I already know point guards are going in the point guard slot. You know, if I come into the shooting guard slot, I could get rid of anybody who is a small forward slash shooting guard. This is just one way that I'm thinking of off the top of my head. We'll try to see if we can come up with a couple more. Uh, I don't know why I went negative seven. Zero. Uh, zero. These guys are fine. Zero. Oh, that's what's happening. Interesting. Zero. Zero. So that, and then I hit apply all at once. So let's see what that does to my exposures. So it that that did work in in one way like now i have all point guards slash shooting guards in the shooting guard spot and then i could i could do it similarly here it didn't take too long to do but um or i could do it in the power forward spot right so like i would want to get rid of all my power forwards that do not have multi-position or that do not have center eligibility right just come in and zero all these guys out and then hit apply and then just Need to do one more quick sweep, so so I I could see this being one way to do it. Um, not the worst thing in the world. There, uh, we just knocked that out probably like a minute. Another way is that you know if you have specific um players that you want to do, maybe maybe you could do this in the home screen. So let's see if we could do it this way. So in the shooting guard spot, I'm going to zero out. Okay, Patrick said you answered my question. Thank you. But um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys a couple options here. So so that's one way to do it. You can just handle it manually in the post field. Uh you could probably come into the shooting guard spot on the home screen and then just put zero exposure for probably some of these, like I would just sort by projection to be honest, and zero out these top guys here. So like uh, Anthony Edwards, not power, point guard eligible, uh Bradley Beal, Desmond Bain who else here clay thompson you know some of these like top guys here and just just zero them all out here what it's going to do is that if it it will only zero out their exposure for this one slot right so let's say anthony edwards you know he has zero max exposure in the shooting guard spot if i go over to the small forward spot uh he still has 100 percent. so i could still use him in this spot a zeroing him out in one column will not affect his exposure mm. in another column. If you wanted to do it, you know, all inclusive, you should always do that in the All tab. So if you're like, you know what, I don't want to play any Giannis, whether it's in the power forward or small small forward, put zero max exposure in the All tab. If you only use it in one position, it will only account for that specific position. So that is another way that I would consider doing this. And then lastly, I think you could, um, probably do like a manual group rule here. So I don't think that you could, um, I don't think that you can exclude positions in the rules. I'm actually like fairly certain of that. Um, because there's only like positions, there's not a lineup eligibility in the group rules. So if you wanted to, you could say, you know, group manual and then, um, you could, you could probably like choose the guys that you don't want. And then just say, uh, actually, actually, no, I would probably handle it the other two ways. Uh, there is no lineup eligibility in the group rules. It just handles it on a position basis. So I would definitely do it in the home screen or in the post build. I think either option is fine, but good question, Patrick, making me think a little bit here. All right. Um, another question here in the YouTube chat I know I am late, and this may have already been answered. But what has changed with late swap? It was different yesterday. Thanks. Um, and then <laughs> a follow was I've been healthcare and swab people all day. Must have had that on my mind. Hey, it's all good. Uh, no worries. Typos happen. Uh, so yes, so late swap did change yesterday. For for every, anybody who's not aware, we have been testing out a new late swap feature. The way late swap used to work is that it would rebuild each unique lineup one time and give you a new lineup based on new Sims that have run new news that has come out. We have changed that. And instead of each lineup being built one time, we are now building a pool of lineups for you to choose from. So now if you do a late swap, you, it is going to be very similar to what, to the way that it works, uh, in the home screen right you're going to be able to have a pool size you're going to be able to make adjustments in the post build you're going to be able to adjust mini niques, you're going to be able to adjust exposures team stacks stack types uh you know you're going to be able to uh, choose your sorting method right you're going to be able to you know sort by a percentile whatever you want so we wanted to make late swap more flexible we didn't like the idea of you know like this is the only form of your lineup you get and you kind of have to take it or run a new late swap. You know, if there is a lineup you don't like, you can put it in the trash. You can, uh, if you have too much exposure to somebody, you can lower it or you can raise it. Maybe you like somebody at lock and then we run a late swap. And then now you're getting like none of that player, you know, come in and adjust that player's min exposure and we will go and find a lineup in a late swap that now has that player. Right. Or, more lineups that have that player. So late swap is going to be a lot like pre-build now. We're really excited about it. Uh, The ability to adjust min uniques in late swap is going to be huge for players. So that is what has changed with late swap Uh, has, has worked out really well was in testing for a very long time. So I think a lot of the bugs are, are all worked out here. If you guys have an issue with it, I would come up to the settings Use the report a problem link and just let us know of any issue you are having with it. Um, but I think that, you know, the team was very thorough and should be running really smooth. I think it ran pretty smooth for, for uh, most, if not all users yesterday, but yes, good question there. All right. Scrolling down here, Patrick said, is that a strategy you'd advise against since point guards touched the ball the majority of the time? I thought it would be smart to max out the four of them, similar arguments for centers up. Uh, so I, I will say that, you know, I think the model does a really good job of understanding usage, understanding, um, you know, like pace, understanding, you know, how many shots guys are taking on average, how many, you know, assists guys are taking on average. I think that, um, frankly, it's not like something I would particularly be uh, trying to to shoot for. I would, I would let the players probably come up a little more organically, but, um, I, I think basketball is weird kind of right now in, in where, uh, how can, you know, we, we had a conversation about DVP on here recently where, you know, it's, it's where our, our data scientist, Eric basically said, you know, it's hard to treat somebody like Nicola Jokic the same as you would treat somebody like Daniel Gafford. Right. Um, they both play the center position, but they're 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 just so different and their play styles. And I think that that is kind of uh, what worries me about you know thinking about it this way. Like, oh, I just want to play you know mostly centers. I was like, okay, you know, yeah, Jokic is a center, but like he's a different type of center, right? And then and then like so is somebody like Anthony Davis. I'm, you know, I. I might be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure Anthony Davis does not get a lot of rebounds on average compared to, you know, other centers, you know, you compare the number of rebounds he gets to somebody like uh, Sabonis and it's just like night and day. Right. So I think that um, the way we handle the adjustments in the Sims is on a player by player basis. And I think grouping guys are thinking about players on a position level is is probably a little inferior and i i think that the model does a really good job of taking in how these actual players play what their style is what what statistics they gobble up on a night-to-night basis and adjusting for that in the sim so so i would i would be more inclined to trust the sim a little more in that regard but good question patrick um Let's see, follow up here. Uh, I didn't play much yesterday, but could tell something had changed. We'll mess around with it today. Yeah, give it a shot. Let us know what you think and uh, happy to answer any questions you have about how it works, et cetera, going forward. So you can catch us here Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. All right, follow up here. Also, uh, last question, would putting a floor for minimum minutes be limiting? Ideally, I'd only use players that play 29 to 30 minutes. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with a minute floor. You could easily do that in the app by um coming in here and clicking this add filter button and then you know show players with minutes greater than whatever value you set i think 29 to 30 is kind of high um you know okay so right now we're not limiting any players at all right uh actually let's just let's do an example here so show players with my projection greater than zero Okay, so that's going to remove 115 players, right? So let's see. So this is basically anybody who has a projection tonight who is expected to play any sort of minutes, right? So then now I'm going to do a new filter. Show players with minutes greater than, let's say, 29. So we just removed 140 players from our player pool. Um, To me, that's kind of a lot. You know, I... I, I would be, and I would, I would sort by this, right. Maybe we could just sort by minutes and see, you know, how far down we had to go and, and who we're getting rid of. Right. I think that's important, you know, coming in here and saying, okay, you know, I have this idea, who am I actually getting rid of when I implement this? Um, frankly, I would, I would be happy playing plenty of these players, you know, Clint Capella seems like a good one. Um, Nurkic, i definitely probably want in my player pool so i think that rule is probably a little too limiting um i don't i don't mind setting uh filters you know i think that the way that saber sim works now with some of the updates we made from sim variants to sim diversity makes the builder a lot better by itself right so so i would what i would want to do is probably run a test build with no filter set Excuse me. And then come into the post build here. And then you can add columns to this uh, table. So I'm going to hit this edit exposure columns. I'm going to hit minutes here. And then I'm going to add my minutes in. And then I want to see what the exposures are um, on a minute basis, right? So I'm going to sort by minutes here. And I'm going to go basically down to like the lowest minutes and see what players are getting in my lineups. Right? So I'm down here at, you know, 18 minutes, nobody, 19 minutes, nobody. I have one lineup with a player at 20 minutes and he is being owned by the field at about 5%. And I have about 7.5% of that player in my pool to me. That's fine and then we also have Brandon Clark here. Uh Brandon Clark is projected to be 22% owned. We're about matching that, right? And he's at 22 minutes. So I I think that, you know, and then we don't see anybody up until uh 25 minutes. So so one, I think that the 29 to 30 minutes is probably a little too restrictive, but two, I would I would do a test with no filters and see, you know, how Saber Sim is handling this naturally, I, I'm fairly comfortable with the way that my exposures look. You know, I'm basically matching some ownership on some low minute guys. We're taking a pretty big stand here on Daniel Gafford. You can figure out if you're okay with that or not, or or why. I'm pretty sure Porzingis is still out, um, and I don't know how much Taj Gibson has been playing, but and then you could you could figure it out from here, right? The the way I like to do it. I like to set more of a floor filter as opposed to a filter for something I am shooting for. So maybe if, you know, I I mostly want to play guys 29 to 30 minute range, I might set a filter of like 20 minutes. Maybe in this case, you know, I run a test and I want to set a filter of 24 minutes and, and kind of give the builder a floor threshold as opposed to like this really high target. Cause I think excluding 140 players, from your player pool is probably too much. Um, but, but yeah, Patrick, I, those are my thoughts. Let me know if you have any feedback or follow-up. All right. Ruck said, what are some examples of what high earning professional players do that are different from that of what average profitable player profitable players do? Uh, Ruck, this is a really good question for some insight. You know, I would go over to our YouTube channel and I would listen to any, uh, video that Max Steinberg has been on. Max is a high stakes pro took down a Millie maker showdown solo victory. Uh, I believe in November of last year. So you can find a lot of content with Max on the YouTube channel. Matt is a Max is a uh, partner at SaberSim Sim and a uh, high stakes pro. So we did this first video at the beginning of basketball, how to beat daily fantasy basketball, like an NBA DFS pro that is a interview with Max about high level NBA theory. Um, you could hear him come in and talk about the Millie Maker. So I, I would just search Millie here, and then uh, Max Seinberg joins to discuss his Millie Maker victory. Maybe you could even just come into the search bar and and type in type in Max, and see um, what what videos he's in, and, and try and uh, you know consume this content and and see what you can learn from him. I would I would also Listen to podcast. Other podcasts, right? There is a high stakes DFS podcast uh, hosted by Neil Orfield. That's a really good podcast. He has high stakes pros on all the time. They're talk. You know, some people are more willing than others to talk about process. You can listen to those videos. Uh, the Emotional Bankroll podcast. Our own. Eric Thiel was on that. That is another good podcast hosted by Brian Jester talking to guys at the highest levels uh, talking about really big swings. You could hear some of the things that they have to say. So try and consume content, you know, from the people that, that you're talking about, right. From these guys at the higher levels, see what they're doing, see what they talk about and uh, um, listen to some of them. You know, I think Lowell's has some good hosts, uh, uh, some good guests. Sometimes, you know, brick 75 is, Another high stakes pro, uh, so so you could uh, listen to all of these guys and, and consume content across the industry would be my uh, best recommendation to you. All right, question from Franklin here said, "What's up, Andrew? Does only the pro plan give you the minutes uh, for a player? So if if you are talking about uh, detailed stat projections, yes, you have to be on the pro plan." to see all of the detailed stat projections here, Franklin. And uh, Ruck followed up by saying, my man, thanks for the advice. Yep, you got it. All right, Uh, S. McCarty in the Discord. Hopping back to Discord, that was our last YouTube question. This is our last question in the Discord at the moment. If anybody has any additional questions, now is a great time to get them in. All right, S. McCarty said, question, I'm spending a lot of time backtesting these days and would like to know if in a lineup set after filtering and applying metrics is there a way for me to sort for actual score slash inside of the parameters i've already set from my build in other words i built filtered and sorted by metric for my 150 or 20 etc and now want to be able to easily sort to see the highest scores from that set thanks in advance. Okay, so let's let's go back to yesterday's slate and uh, let's see what we can do here. So we're going to go back to yesterday's slate. Uh looks like we didn't run any builds on FanDuel. So I'm going to go into DraftKings here. Uh looks like we had one build that we ran right here. So going to click on this. So uh keep editing. Gonna choose the last set that I used here. And we're going to talk about this set. So, okay. So when you go back into a previous set, review mode is going to be toggled on automatically. What review mode is, is that it is going to take the lineups that you submitted based on, you know, whatever the last saved lineup set was, whatever lineup set matches the entries file in, in the entry editor. So if you go over to this entries tab, you click into that, You know, if you if you have a CSV loaded and you have lineups, it is going to uh, say 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 you use this 1102 file to uh, fill your contests, and then you ran another build at 1119, but you didn't you didn't actually fill from that one, right? It is going to take the 1102, and then it is going to hone in on those 20 lineups, and then sort those lineups by actual score here, where the highest actual score is at the top. And then it'll show you actual scores descending. If you want to see, you know, your entire pool of lineups, it looks like we skipped the top 10 lineups here for whatever exposure adjustments we were making, um, et cetera. So these top 10 lineups are higher scoring lineups in our pool. So, so it'll show you the 20 that you took with you into your contests. And then it will also give you the ability to look at actual scores on a pool level. Okay. So just, just some, some basics there. So getting back to the question, um, I would like to know if in a lineup set after filtering and applying metrics, is there a way for me to sort virtual score? Oh, sorry. Uh, ask McCarty. Thank you. I still have the YouTube screen up. My bad. Uh, gonna get the saber sim pulled back up here. Appreciate it. Thanks for the heads up. All right. So, so you know, this is review mode is toggled on when you go back to an old slate. Uh, you can see my pool of lineups that are grayed out. These are actual scores of the highest, and then it goes down. My highest actual score that I took with me into my contest from this set would have been number 10, right? So you could see the ones that you, you took with you into your contests, and then you could see your pool, and then you could also see, you know, the different save the lineup sets that that you had for the day. All right, so getting back to this. So if you wanted to do something different. I would turn review mode off. That will allow you to come in here, make exposure adjustments, um do different things along those lines here. But if you are sorting by a custom metric, you're not going to be able to sort by custom metric. You're basically not going to be able to sort by two metrics at once. It sounds like that's what you want. You basically want to say like, "Hey, you know, I have like 20 lineups or I have, you know, 150 lineups and I want to take these and then sort again by actual score. I don't think you're going to be able to do that unless you export the lineups. So what I would do is you, this would take some Excel wizardry, by the way, I would hit this download lineups button here. This is going to give you just a lineup file and it is going to be uh, lineup positions followed by player IDs. And what I would do then is I would I would take that download lineups file. I would go to the home screen. I would download the data um, from the home screen using the download button. This should now include the actuals uh, since they are here. And then from there, you could do a uh, index match or, or VLOOKUP or XLOOKUP, whatever. And then match the actual score to the player ID. If you have two different sh- sheets, right? So, so you take it the download file, you take the uh, download lineups file, you put them in the same Excel uh, sheet on on different tabs, though. And then you do like an index match to the player IDs, and then you um, you would just basically uh, be able to pull in the actual scores to the players add those up and then you could probably sort it from there so so it sounds like it 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 would take some excel work as mccarty said that's a good point i could do this in excel as well yeah that's that's how i would try and do it uh give that a shot and then uh let me know if it doesn't work but uh not going to demo that here but that is definitely the way i would try going about it so hope i helped there uh doing the best i can uh on the fly here but that being said everybody That was our last question in both the discord and the YouTube chat. Uh, appreciate everybody tuning in today. Had a nice long show, 50 minutes, a lot of, uh, people tuning in here. A lot of people asking live questions. We'll be right back here tomorrow, Thursday for our, uh, Thursday show, 2 PM Eastern. If you guys have questions throughout the day, throw them in the office hours channel. That'll get us a steady queue of questions going so we can, uh, keep the show rolling until all of you tune in and get those, uh, DFS juices flowing and and the questions start coming in live. So until then, good luck in all your contests and I will see you then. Take care.